0: All right, it is 9.15, so we will get started. It's good to be with you all again. Um, I'm still a little nasally, but I'm, I'm better besides that. So, But I'm excited to start this uh, book study and, um, uh, and uh, go through talking about evangelism. Um, before we jump in, we'll, we'll of course pray, but... I was just curious, I think we'll try to do this at least over the next few weeks, uh, just ask the question, have you had any uh, um, opportunities spiritual um, conver- opportunities for spiritual conversations this week? Not necessarily a full gospel presentation, but even just, just a few conversations. I think that would be encouraging uh, for us to just hear, and hear, uh, not only to hear, but to pray over those even as we talk about evangelism as a group. So just briefly, if you've had any um over this last week, if you haven't, that's okay um but uh, if you're w- had one and willing to share that would be wonderful Lance we, we neighbor. The neighbor. Yeah. Tabor huh uh-huh cool, wonderful, yeah, that's great. Yeah, Lale Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's so encouraging. Yeah, I. It was weird. We went over to um, so the Discovery Park Trail yesterday. We were just walking on it, and all the way back, this guy just stops with his bike on the trail, and he just starts talking. And then, like, uh, he asked me what I do, and so that's, that's an easy lead-in to t- start talking about. Um, but uh, got a, you know, very basic of the gospel with him. But it's just weird, you know, like, you're not expecting it, but then all of a sudden you're just talking about it. So sweet. Dan, did you have one? Great. That's awesome. Well, let's pray over those. I know there's probably even more, but that's encouraging just to hear like God has sovereignly placed each one of us in just different flows and spheres of life, and you just see how he brings people um, for us to speak the truth to. So that's just sweet um, to hear hear those reports. So let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll jump into our time. Father, we thank you for all these things that even this morning that we have Um, heard about how you're using your people to proclaim your name. Um, Pray that you would bless these opportunities, whether they're ongoing or whether they've already happened. Um, And uh, just pray for Lance with Tabor, Lord, that you would give him um, grace um, in speaking uh, to a neighbor. I pray for Lael just in speaking with uh, this uh, atheist client. Um, Pray that you would give her wisdom and words to speak. Uh, to proclaim the truth boldly and pray that you would open uh, this fellow's heart pray for um, fellow i met yesterday on the trail pray that you would grant him repentance and grace to know you Uh, pray for wisdom for dan in dealing with uh, the this uh, uh, tough situation with the neighbor oh lord god just that uh, you would help him and debbie to minister truth and that there you would grant repentance and um, salvation and healing Uh, lord and we know that none of, uh, we can't do anything in and of ourselves. It's your spirit that changes hearts, but you use us as means. And so we just pray for your work. pray for our time this morning as we talk about evangelism. Help us to grow um, as individuals and as a church in proclaiming the truth. And uh, pray you bless this time together this morning as we discuss that. In your name, amen. All right, so we are starting this book. Uh, so this week you hopefully read the introduction and the first chapter so um, the, it's a little bit different going through a book than what we have been doing, and that's okay. But um, hopefully you've made a lot of notes in your book. I know I saw Ken had a bunch on his copy, so that's great. Um, and this is very much, even as we've been doing, this is even probably more so uh, very participatory. So uh, what we want to do, of course, is hit the highlights of the chapter, understand his argument, um, and uh, and then discuss ideas as they come up, things that were helpful, uh, things you had questions about, so something even that you may have disagreed with. That's okay, right? We can talk about it and, uh, and see, you know, try to hash it out a little bit. And so uh, let's go ahead and start with the introduction. What was the introduction about? Like, what was his, what were the main things he got across in the introduction? Mr. Stiles. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of more, I think, in, even in chapter one, he does talk about that. But as far as like even the introduction, it's only a couple pages long, but in the introduction, he kind of walks us through what's the book about. What are some of the key, like, uh, that's what you're, you're supposed to do in an introduction, but what were some of the main takeaways from the introduction? Where's he going in this book? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, he uses that term um he 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 wants to talk about evangelism, hence the title, but he also specifically wants to talk about this idea of a culture of evangelism. What what do you think he means? I mean, obviously he's going to talk more about it in the book, but just what do you, what do you think he means by that idea of a culture uh, of evangelism? What does it mean to have a culture of something? Yeah, at the end. Yeah, so everyone, that's one way of phrasing it, everyone's kind of doing the same thing or oriented around the same thing. Um, Any other ways that you would describe what a culture of evangelism um, is or would look like? Yeah, it becomes natural. Like, a culture is what you do. This is who we are. This is what we do. And it's, in a sense, it's it's sort of natural, although it can be worked out for sure. And evangelism is one of those things uh, that, um, that worked out. What was one other big idea around this idea of a culture of evangelism? Um, what did he really highlight as one of the, the key... Um, well, let's just put it this way. In, any other takeaways from the introduction? Any other big ideas that he introduced or thought that were helpful or at least interesting? Um, yeah, Patricia. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it permeates uh, the church, everything we do. I mean, if you were to draw it back to the Great Commission, right, we make disciples. That's our mission, um, by baptizing and by teaching, uh, which is is going to involve evangelism. And I did like how, and this is one of the reasons I like this book a lot, is he's talking about it in the context of the whole church, right? If the whole church, this is what we're doing. He even says it here, much of our problem, and this is page 19 in the book, much of our problem with evangelism is that we don't have a big enough view of the church, uh, and he'll talk more about that later in the book. And he says that that's going to be a key idea in chapter three, so we won't delve into it more. But that that is going to be a huge part of this book, and um, I think it's going to be helpful for us. Anything else in the introduction before we get into chapter one? Intentional hmm. Yep, intentionality. Yep, intentionality of life. Ken. hmm yeah absolutely. which is exactly if we were to transition, that's really kind of what Chapter One is about, isn't it? um he what what is his so he, he what's he do in chapter one? So we're transitioning from the introduction now. There's a lot in Chapter one, so I wanted to make sure we uh, we we uh, we get into it. Uh, what is he doing in chapter one? yeah, Mike. Yeah, so yeah, he gives this example like from his past of essentially an altar call, right? Um at a church and what were some of his critiques uh, of that? Yeah, can be can be and see he was very generous he was he was generous. He wasn't like totally down on it, right? But he was he was trying to show you, hey, this is what's happened in the past. We've probably a lot of you have experienced that in the past and and seen this done, right? Um, and he's just trying to point out God can use it, right? He totally has. Um actually, I was curious. were any of you saved, you think, uh, through an altar call like that? Okay, Yeah, yeah, see, God uses it. He does. So it's um but we want to understand, okay, what's uh, God can use it, but what are some of the potential problems? So manipulation is one of them. You can. Um, kind of put a high-pressure sales spin on it, it, uh, even like uh, in his example, the deacons came forward to make it look like people were coming forward, but actually weren't, uh, and things like that. What's what's some other, just in terms of things like ultra calls or uh, stuff like that, what's other potential dangers? Okay, the focus is wrong. What do you mean by that? Yeah, the, fo- the focus became about numbers, it became about decisions, it uh, became about portraying us and saying, hey, look at how good we're doing, rather than seeing, in this case, there was a couple believers already there and seeing what God already had done in that specific example. Yeah, Patricia. Um, that there, uh, yeah. right. 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 So coming forward equates to, or at least it can, in the person's mind, and that's the danger, right? In the person's mind who's coming forward, it can equate to, I've made, uh, I'm now a Christian, right? When they may not understand the gospel, and they might actually not know what they're doing exactly. They just know that there's this pressure to come forward, feels like the right thing to do, so um, there, th- that can happen. So. Yeah, th- and then the, the implication is then, I walked an aisle, I prayed a prayer, therefore I'm good, right, rather than... Okay, do you really understand what the gospel means? Do you really understand what it means to follow Christ? Yeah. So he does talk a little bit about a critique of evangelism. Then what's he do? Um, What's he do after kind of critiquing it a little bit? Does what? Defines it. Good. So what was his definition of evangelism? Yeah, and that's page 26, right? He's got that little one-line version. Evangelism is teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. And then what he does in the rest of the chapter is develop that thought and each of those components. There's four components, uh, teaching, gospel, aim, and persuade. Um, Now, obviously, we're going to talk about each of those components. What did you think about that as a definition for evangelism? <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice, concise definition. The definitions have more value when they're concise, which um, I don't always do a good job of that. But uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Oh, okay. Sure. That sure. Yeah. Ultim. Yeah. Yeah. So let's. Um. That's good. So bring that back up once we get to the persuade section because that's that's a really good point to to talk about. So, um. Anything else, kind of on the, kind of that definition section, pages twenty six, twenty seven. Anything you underlined or thought was helpful. Yeah. That's a that's a key concept, right? Of there is a way to persuade, but to persuade without manipulating people. Um and um Right. Right. Yeah. Um and and that's the thing about um just to give you a concept for evangelism in general, right? Sometimes we get into an idea of I got to seal the deal in this one encounter. Uh and that's just not true, right? Ultimately, and what you'll see in in the book, and even even you kind of, if you read the the foreword, you kind of see it too. Um, you the, your ideal is to have a relationship with the person. Not that you can't share the gospel without a relationship. Obviously, uh, we even talked about this week how we've we've been doing that. But if you have the opportunity as an ongoing relationship to give components, give pieces, um, um, and um, and God uses that over time. So. I thought this was interesting on page 28. Just before we get into the uh, the last um, kind of that, what is that? The second full paragraph on the page, the end of the paragraph, that last sentence. Uh, By catering to the desires of people, uh, which he's um, just talking about things churches can do, right, to try to be attractional in a in a way. Um, And it's not wrong to. It's not like you're trying to keep people away, but. by catering to the desires of people, churches communicate that their focus is on non Christians, not on the glory of God displayed by his people worshiping him. Which is kind of like we're not trying to adapt to the culture, we're trying to be uh, meaningfully countercultural, right? Uh, our greatest aim is God's glory. Our greatest aim is God's glory. And the way we display that in the church and what we do in the church, if an unbeliever comes in, it's going to feel weird. <laughs> It's gonna feel very weird, um but intentionally so, because our focus is on God's glory. this is what we're doing here, and that 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 works on people's hearts. so I like that quote. Any other uh, thoughts uh before we get into the first kind of part of that definition on teaching, yeah, Dan, um, I a Jesus was a yeah. I thought that was helpful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He engaged people. He talked with people, but um, he didn't, uh, he wasn't out to entertain people. Right. Um, We're not out to entertain people. We are out there to engage people and to love people for sure. So um, I'm not good at jokes anyway, so I I will never tell one from the pulpit. So Um, don't say never. Yeah. Um, Okay. Teaching. So this is the first part of his definition, right? He's talking about evangelism uh we're we're teaching with the aim to persuade and the first part is teaching what's his main point in this section talking about um evangelism is teaching what what's he, what's he after The important thing is with words. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, use words first, right. And so right. I think he talks about that quote later uh, but we need words um there we need actions that back up words and we need words that back up actions it's a both ends so Brenda were you going to say something oh no okay um yeah uh what else does he mention talking about teaching yes Right. Yeah, there's a lot in which we, you know, that's one of our fears, isn't it? That we can say the wrong things, or uh, I'm not going to say it exactly right. And that's true. We we mess up. Um, But we try our best, right? But ultimately, the Lord uses that. And that's comforting, right? Um, To do our best to teach, to instruct here's, This is new information, right? Or it should be to people, or at least maybe it's information they've heard before. Increasingly less so in our society, but um, uh, and that's the thing. In our society, it's becoming increasingly post-Christian. So people don't even know. They don't even know the basics. Uh, uh, who, who is who is God? What what kind of God? Like what what are you talking about, right? So increasingly, you can't you can't assume. And so you have this idea of teaching, um, uh, but ultimately, in all of this, we're reliant on power of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big, uh, big concept there, right? Yeah. I mean, if you can't explain it, that's a real question mark. Um, do you actually know it? Have you embraced it? Because the gospel is so important. We've talked about that. We've talked about that, you know, in the last couple months. If you can't articulate it, uh, what is your understanding of the gospel, right? That's um, so we need to we need to be able to explain it so people can explain it back and understand what they're what it's all about. Yeah, Susan. Yeah. Right. Right. Right, right. Yeah, Dan, something out of that. Mhm-hm mhm right very right yeah right right so there's there's all these components to the Gospel, and we talked about those, right that it's not just teaching the 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 facts of the gospel, but it's calling people just like Christ says, come to me, it's a personal transaction with the living Christ at the right hand. Uh, and we need to teach people that, um, in addition to the facts of the gospel um, itself. I liked his concept on the end of that section of, um, well, I'll just quote the, the that last paragraph, that first sentence. It says, when I have led people to Christ over the years, it has usually been because a non-Christian um, was willing to study the scriptures with me. Um, and um, there's another book, I haven't read this book yet, um, it's called One-to-One Bible Reading by a guy named David Helm. Um, and I'll probably read it before we finish this book um, just to see if it's a good resource. But uh, I think it's in that book he uses the, there's statistically, like if you ask someone, hey, uh, would you want to study the scriptures with me? It's like 70% of the time, they'd, even for an unbeliever, they'd be willing to sit down with you and you walk them through, say, the Gospel of Mark. Um, introduce them to who Jesus is, uh, what he's all about, what he's done. Um, and that's a key way um, to... Uh, Evangelizes is to sit down and walk through the scriptures because we know the scriptures through the spirit of God have power to work on people's hearts so yeah absolutely anything else in the teaching section all right so the, uh, evangelism is teaching we have to convey information um, not just information but uh, we we do have to convey information uh, and then we talk about the gospel okay so uh, what does he address first when he talks about the gospel in this section on, starting on page 31? Yeah, there's two mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, so he says there can be a shrunken gospel or a bloated gospel. What's the shrunken gospel? Yeah, it could could be. could be something like that. So there you're not even teaching correct, I mean, you're teaching a piece, but you're not teaching all of the content, Um, but what specifically does he say is the issue in a shrunken gospel? What is he referring to? Yeah, the fire insurance policy. Right, which goes back to what we've been doing over the last few months. We've been reviewing the pieces of the gospel because it's not just the entryway into the Christian life, it's the soil into which we grow deeper into our Christian life, which is why we should teach it over and over again in main service, and Um, variety of ways, right? We never get beyond the gospel uh, because it's not just fire insurance. Uh, It's not just um, salvation. Uh, I'm in. I'm good to go. Uh, It's more than that. What's a bloated gospel? What's he mean by a bloated gospel? Yeah, yeah. Essentially what happens. Now, here's the tricky part, right? Um, He, you, and that's a good answer, right? You have to do too much to be saved, and the thing, the too much part, could be actual implications of being saved, right? <laughs> so there are implications because being saved means Christ—you've been united with Christ, and Christ is being formed in you. Therefore, you there must be change. But the 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 trick is where you take one of those changes, one of those implications, and add it to the gospel, right? Um, and so that's that's the danger. That's when you have a bloated gospel to, um, to say that well. Uh, you need to be baptized in order to be saved right well that's an implication of being saved you should be baptized after you're saved to declare your allegiance to christ but um, adding it as a condition for salvation is wrong Um, and that's what he's talking about which is very very subtle right Um, you start taking things that are implications of the gospel and you add them to the gospel does that make sense any further questions on that yeah dan hmm Right. But it's not that. It's the yes. The that yes. Position. Yes, absolutely. It's Jesus' tree analogy in Matthew, right? Um, a good tree produces good fruit. You don't have good fruit as a foundation of a good tree. You have the good tree first that God creates by his power, which produces good fruit, right? So are good works necessary? Um, yes, a necessary as result, not necessary as foundation, right? And that's the key um, difference. Okay. Um, And then, so he talks about, here's the dangers, and then he goes on to, okay, what is the gospel itself? So how does he define the gospel? Yeah, page 33. So basic Again, simple definition, the gospel is the joyful message from God that leads to salvation. True? Sure, yeah, so he's kind of just defining the word, right? But then he's like, okay, but let's talk about content, right? Um, and he then goes through of the basic content of the gospel. God is, uh, and I like that. On page uh, 33, bottom of page 33 uh, through 34, he gives you the bullet outline of the gospel, right? And it's the exact same things we've been talking about um, over the past um, few months or so. So uh, any thoughts on just what he was saying about the gospel since we've been examining that uh, a bunch over the last couple months? Any thoughts on what he said or didn't say um, in that? Oh, Mike, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it it uh, it uh it gives a starting point for sure. And yet there's a lot more that would need to be added for a person to really understand what the gospel's all about, right? Um we, who's God? Who's Jesus? Uh what's sin? Um all of those components. Yeah. Anything else on the him talking about the gospel? I appreciate that he said it. I think three, di- four di- three different ways I guess. The four points. Who is God? Why are we in this mess? What did Christ do? And how do we get back to God? Mm-hmm. Or you just say, you know, in your mind, if you're thinking things, you've got to get these four points out. Right. So those four you just say God, man, Christ, and response. Right. all redemption, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's different ways um, that you, like we said before, you may not be able to get all all of that information in one interaction, So, but you may be able to get a piece of it. So, like, I don't know what's going on with Lael's conversation, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done there as far as who's God. Uh, why do we know there's a God, right? And you're not going to be even able to get... Ne- I mean, it just depends, right? So you get components of it as you go, um, but you're aiming at the full orb gospel, and a good summary of it is those four points: um, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. That's that's basically what we have on our website uh, right now. So if you go to our website, we have a gospel tab, and it's it kind of walk. I like that one because it walks you through the storyline and gives you a basic sense of what's the whole Bible all about, right? But what's also cool about it is you can engage people at any one of those four points, right? So the pandemic, right? Uh, people getting sick. Um, what? Why are people getting sick? Why is this, the, you know, what's all this weird stuff going on in the world, right? Well, you can just kind of engage and say, well, uh, you know, God created the world, and he created it good, but man's um, sinned, and that's why we have things like diseases and all of that. It becomes just a nice um, uh, way of engaging people at uh, different levels with that stuff, so, and just jumping in, so, yeah. Good. All right. Let's talk about aim. So the gospel is um, teaching uh, the gospel with the aim. Okay. So we got an aim. What's he mean by aim? Like, what's his point in this section? What's that? Yep. And specifically, like, why is he why is he including? Remember, this is part of his one of his four point or four. Components of a definition of evangelism. Why does he feel the need to include this idea of aim? It's like, well, of course you have an aim, a goal. Why, why does he, um, why does he say that you need that? Yeah, yeah. Having an aim keeps you on track, right? Like, gives you purpose, right? You, you have an objective when you're talking um, with the person. It's not just willy-nilly. We're shooting truce all over the place, right? There's an aim in. Uh, as I'm speaking with someone, the truths of God's word. Right? I I have a name. I have a desire. I have a objective for that person. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, and and yeah. So, and that's where we can. There's so many ways in which we can fall. Like even proclaiming the right truth, and God uses that. But um, we, when our aim is, well, I have to do this, uh, I, you know, I want to feel better about myself you know, for doing this, whether that's an individual or as a church, rather than, well, what should our motivation be in the gospel? Yeah, rescue, seeing souls rescued, loving those people. Uh, we have experienced Christ's salvation. Uh, uh, we want to see their salvation. We want to see God's glory we want to see God honored. We want to see uh we we know God and how awesome he is because he's opened our eyes. We want to see other people know him. that's their best good, right? To know and to love God. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so the gospel um Ha- restores that vertical relationship and it also restores the horizontal. Matt, you had your hand up. mhm, Right. Right, right, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. goes back to what we were saying before in, in weeks past. What's the good of the good news? God himself, right? That's um, He is the good of the good news. We're trying to bring people to God. We're trying to bring people to Christ, introduce them, so to speak. And only that can happen through the Spirit, we know. So, good. Um, so then he goes on to persuade. So now we come back to that idea of persuasion. Uh, and he does um, bring us to a verse that kind of uses that language. Actually, you see it a couple times, even in Acts, that language of persuasion, uh, can someone go ahead and read 2 Corinthians 5.11? eleven Mhm, to God, and I hope that we are made also your Yeah. So in 2 Corinthians, Paul's talking about his ministry. And he talks about um, this idea of knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, right? So um, that fear, that mixture of awe, that respect, and rightful terror of who God is in all his holiness, right? We know who God is. We know what he's done. Um, and we know how, how he, what he saved us from, right? So we know, we know the fear of the Lord. We know him relationally. We know him rightly, and we persuade others, right? So let's get to this idea of persuade. Um, so what does he mean by persuade? What does and what what does it mean, and what doesn't it mean? We're talking about persuading people in presenting the gospel. Without manipulating. Good, without manipulating. What would manipulating look like in presenting the gospel? Sure, yeah, bunch of artificial reasons for even like what Matt was just talking about. Well, it'll improve your life. Well, actually, um, um, Paul says to Timothy in Second Timothy, those who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. So, uh, it's not going to improve your life. Sorry, um, not in this not in this um, age anyway. So, um, not in that sense. So, that's a false premise. That's manipulative. Uh, you're actually lying, right, in um, saying what, misrepresenting uh, what the gospel is all about. So. Uh, what would be other w- ways to manipulate someone? Um, with the Yeah, yeah. So overemphasizing fear, like there's, a, and then that's when you get fire insurance conversions, right? Where, uh, and then people don't love God, right? When they see, they only see, well, God's gonna uh, burn me in hell forever. Well, I, I guess if I've got no other alternative, I better escape. But they don't then love God, right? Because you're only presenting half the picture. Uh, because the good of the good news is God Himself, so you need to present God in all His character. God is wrathful; He will punish sin with justice. But let's understand. Um, but but there's there's other components as well. So good. Um, now let's go back to what Susan was saying. Right. So, the difficulty that we come to is with. Can you say what you said again? You said it really well. <laughs> Right. Yes, sure. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah go, go ahead, Tony. I have one word that was probably in the indulgence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. Right, that was manipulation. It was persuasion. Yeah, but it, it, it was, maybe this is the helpful thing. Do we persuade, if we persuade with the truth of the matter right we're being open we're saying this is the reality this is the state of affairs this is the reality and there's emotion to it right that's what preaching does exhortation right there's there's persuasion there but i want to persuade you not with false premises to use ken's language but with the truth with the truth with the reality of the way things are i want i'm i would be fine with using the word beg i would beg you to come to christ but here's the thing. It's our two tracks again. Remember we talked about there's things from God's perspective. What does he see? We know no one is saved apart from uh, the Holy Spirit effectually calling that believer. Um, so even in an evangelistic encounter, we're praying, even as we're speaking to the person, uh, please work on this person's heart because I know that nothing I'm doing will do it. And yet, here's the reality of Scripture too: the other track, that the Father uses means to bring people. As long as, and using 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4, Paul talks about the open statement of the truth. The open statement of the truth. We commend ourselves to everyone's conscience, right? So it's this idea of persuasion. We're not manipulating, we're not putting out uh, false premises, but we are stating the truth. We are trying to paint for people, this is your situation, and God uses that um, to work on the person, right? Um, it's ultimately the spirit that does the work, but uh, he uses means. And that's the, that's the key in evangelism as a whole, right? Because we know God's going to save who he's going to save, but that's no excuse to not evangelize, right? It, he uses the means of evangelism, and within evangelism, he uses the means of persuasion to work on people. Yeah, Dan. I don't think the... Yeah, it's a biblical word. It's not a wrong word. What we want to be careful of is a wrong kind of persuasion. So it's not a matter of persuasion versus not. It's a matter of the wrong kind of persuasion that we don't want to engage with, right? We want to, and this is where you see this language in Acts, right? Paul argues. He reasons with people in presenting the gospel. He reasons in the synagogues. That's not wrong. What is um, wrong is the manipulation, the wrong emphasis, the wrong truth, trying to trick someone. Trickery is wrong, right? Open statement of the truth and presenting this is the state of affairs. You do realize, unbeliever, that you are slapping God in the face every time you sin. You deserve his justice, yet he offers himself freely to you in Christ. He gave himself for you if you will entrust yourself to him. He and you're using that language, right? Just like we would in other things, right? We persuade, tr- seek to persuade each other, right? We persuade with the truth. We don't persuade, we don't over-emote it. We don't use, uh, try to persuade with our personality or anything like that. We persuade, persuade with the open statement of the truth. And we're passionate about it. We better be, right? Because this is what saved us. Uh, we want to see other people saved as well. That's what I do when I preach each week, right? I'm urging you, um, using the scriptures, right? I'm urging you to action. Uh, That's why I have a big idea each week that usually has an imperative, right? Uh, Do this. Why? Not because I'm saying it, ultimately, but because this is what God says, and it's his truth, and here's why he wants you to do it, Um, and so your life should be changed. And we do that with the gospel as well, so... Yeah. Yeah. We should probably wrap it up, but yeah, just just briefly. So the talking to the guy yesterday, right? Like he's like, um, basically, um, God knows who's going to be saved. So you don't, you know, like, what are you going to do about you? Know? And I was like, well, no, God does talk, does call you to repentance. He does call you to, you know, God is holy and He's righteous. He's made all that we see right here. Um, and he, um, you've sinned against him, I've sinned against him, um, uh, and the only way we're going to be ac- accepted is through Christ, right? And so what are you doing? You're saying, no, that's wrong, um, and you're, you're, you're not being a jerk about it, but like, no, that's wrong. Here's the truth, um, and uh, here's here's what needs to happen. Here's what you need to do. This is what Christ is calling you to, um, and uh, and that's the thing to keep in mind. We're not just presenting facts, right? We're trying, Christ is... Ascended at the right hand of the Father. He is desiring to build His church. Right? We know only through the effectual call of the Holy Spirit is someone going to be saved. Right? Um, so we are we are laboring and praying at the same time for, and all of that comes together, um, and and the miracle happens ultimately because God wants it to happen of saving that person. So yeah. All right. Let's finish up the chapter real quick. So he kind of gives this funny illustration about what is actual conversion. You actually believe something, so the fire alarm example, I thought that was funny. Um, Now this is interesting, his last section here, what happens if we get evangelism wrong? What does he say? It's kind of interesting. So what happens, this whole chapter has been really about a definition of evangelism, how do we do it, what do we do, don't do, and then he says, okay, what happens if we get it wrong? Yeah, you wanna read those, Emily? Read those bullet points? Mm. And there's kind of a progression along those bullet points. Have you guys seen that happen? And, and I mean, it just in general too, just in our culture, right? Like, you can look back 50 years, right, and you can see uh, just the change in in denominations. Um, and uh, what is the core? The core is the gospel, right? We come back to the gospel. We we are anchored in the gospel. But if we lose the gospel, um, we're sunk, right? Ultimately, we're sunk. You know? Any other thoughts on the chapter before we leave it, or in general? Questions, comments, concerns, conundrums, cries of outrage, screams of panic? Yeah, Patricia. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, I think so. Anything else? All right, let's pray, and uh, we'll transition to the gathering here in a few minutes. Lord Jesus, we want to come before you as the risen Christ, and we want to first say thank you. Thank you for rescuing us. Um, Thank you for dying in our place, uh, for being our substitute, for being our righteousness. Um, We thank you for effectually calling us, Holy Spirit. We praise you, and we just pray that you would make us a people who— a church um, that is a culture of evangelism, that does uh, engage people, and Lord, we pray that we would see people saved, Lord, that in your mercy you would draw people to yourself, that uh, you would give us courage in the opportunities we do have. Um, Even this week, oh Lord God, that you would give us courage and that you would help us to speak of you with boldness and yet dependence, dependence on you. We pray that we would teach with the aim to persuade um, people to to know you, Lord uh, God, knowing that you are the ultimate one who can change people's hearts. And we thank you. We thank you for this time this morning. Um, bless the worship service. Prepare our hearts to worship in song, um, in hearing your word preached, in watching a baptism. Lord, we um, we just pray that you would uh, work in our hearts this morning. Help us to encourage one another and build one another up to, uh, and stir one another up to love and good deeds. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.